is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, two CGI Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae, Nick White. Oh boy, I don't even know where to go with that, but welcome everyone. <laughs> and Paul Jaisley. Hello humanoids, so happy to be here today. I am very excited. Everyone, I don't know if you know this, this is episode 300, the official episode 300 of I Read Comic Books. Uh, I think the intro here may have hinted at... Uh, something that's going to be coming later in the episode. But today, uh, we are here to talk about comic books. As usual, I mean, one thing, two things, I guess, before I get started. Uh, one, our Discord book club is coming back October 23rd, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard on Discord. We're going to be talking about Monstrous Volume 1. So if you want to get in on that, make sure you're on the Discord. Come hang out with us. It's going to be great. I also want to shout out our latest Patreon supporter and member of the IRCB Inner Circle, question mark. More to come on that. Uh, shout out to Jules. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon. But yeah, let's let's just get into this. You know, this is episode 300. It's a big deal. We're going to talk about everything that's coming down the line with I read comic books in the near future later. But you know what? I think people are here for one reason, <laughs> and that's here to talk about comic books. So I got to ask these legally mandated questions. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Paul. Well, Mike, I, I wasn't supposed to say anything. It's supposed to be a secret, but I figured oh. episode 300 is a perfect time to make this exclusive announcement. You hear it first. I'm going to be the next James Bond. Uh, oh, my God. surprise. <laughs> Finally, uh, the, the reveal. <laughs> right here, so, exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was surprised. I didn't even audition, but they wanted to take the franchise in a different direction. So uh, I'm pretty excited. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I so. mean, they're, they're always trying to push for like a lower profile actor that people go, well, I can see this person as James Bond because it doesn't yeah. have that baggage of like, oh, I'm always seeing George Clooney or whatever. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess maybe they decided to like, just go one step further than like, oh, you know, this is kind of an unknown actor and just. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, with, with no acting experience and no yeah. interest in James Bond mm-hmm. as a franchise, yeah. um, I guess they, they were tired of the, you know, the the fitted suit, fitted uh, suit look. And they really want to go with a James Bond who wore skinny jeans and Dinosaur Jr. T-shirts. I like that. And yeah. I really fit that. So, yeah. And just yeah. like just like a great politician, you know, you never <laughs> want to have someone who wants the role. You instead want someone who refuses <laughs> it and must take it up for the greater good. So, Paul, this yeah. is great. I'm really happy for you. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. So uh, in a couple of years, you know, you'll see me on the big screen, hopefully. So uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> in all seriousness, I've been doing well. Um, I recently moved to a new apartment, which meant I had to uh, basically move all of my comics, which is, as you probably are familiar, is very backbreaking and tedious. Uh, And didn't give me a lot of time to actually read some comics, but I wanted to take time to read some stuff to talk about today. So uh, these are two things I read over the weekend before we recorded that I wanted to talk about. Uh, First one is the book Le Mano del Destino, which is an OGN from Image. came out about a month or two ago. It's pretty recent. And it's written and drawn by an artist named Jay Gonzo. And um, this book is set in 1960s Mexico City, and it chronicles the, the wild world of Lucha Libre. So of course is right at my right at my alley. Hell yeah! The titular character Lemano del Destino is a uh, luchador who was um, whose friends turned on him and unmasked him. He was humiliated, so he ends up making a Faustian sort of deal, bargain with the devil, so to speak, to get a new persona, a new mask, and some basically like superpowers to get revenge on the evil. Uh, manager Hefe and his stable of Rudos, you know, evil heel wrestlers, luchadors. Mm-hmm. Um, as the story goes on, uh, uh, Le Mano del Destino becomes like a folk hero fighting for the honor of his people. Um, he gets a sort of mentor that helps him train. 
and he fights through this stable of Rudos in order to get his revenge. And at the end, he has to choose, do I want a definitive revenge or am I willing to stand up for what's right and do the right thing? Um, it's a really, really well done story. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, anything that combines comics and wrestling, I'm going to enjoy anyway. But what I liked right. about this book in particular was Gonzo's art style. Everything, Every aesthetic choice of this book is designed to emulate Silver Age or you know mid-century Mexican culture. So the architecture of the buildings, the clothes people wear, the design of the costumes for the luchadors, the coloring, the way the pages are printed, they have that distressed look. And every oh, chapter sure. of the book, Every chapter has like a cover page, basically, and it's sort of designed to look like like a gold key comic, not even Marvel or DC, but like a Silver Age off brand, you know, nice. sort of comic. Uh, the color palette is really beautiful. His line work reminds me of Michael Cho, familiar with his if you're familiar with his work, where it's Kirby influence without feeling like an homage directly. You know, with a thick, dark line, very Silver Age, but with a contemporary sort of feel and aesthetic. And what's great is that. When he does these sort of the Lucha Libre sequences, the wrestling scenes, he draws them like superhero fights. They're super kinetic, super action-packed. It doesn't look sort of stiff and staged like sometimes drawing action or sports can look on a comic book page. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, the whole story is sort of geared toward that. And then at the end, there's an interesting subtext about, you know, the, the main character's history and the history of Mexico as a country and the tendency for there to be strong armed dictators taking over that country or ruling parts of that of Latin America. So, or central America. So he um, becomes a hero for the people. And like, there's an interesting political subtext. A part of that. And what's great is at the end of the story, Gonzo does a very extensive background piece, a long essay in the back of the book where he explains every aesthetic choice of the book and what it means to him and what it meant to portray a contemporary version of Mexican culture that didn't feel like a throwback or didn't, no one's wearing sombreros. Like there's nothing mm -hmm, sort of mm -hmm. stereotypical and it's a celebration of a very particular aesthetic and style in Mexican history. And I really appreciate it because of that. It's one of those books that I read digitally and want to go buy and buy a copy of it just to see how it looks on the page and just revisit it. Cause it, it was a really, really enjoyable read. Yeah. It looked just from the cover. It looks beautiful. I think, yeah, Paul, you you sold me. I think you sold some other folks in the chat too. So like, yeah, okay, cool, way to yeah. go. <laughs> this is definitely one of those things where like it feels like people are tapping into Paul's brain in ways that are just <laughs> too uncomfortably honed in. Like I know we talked about in the past that like, gee, Paul's looking for this weird Kirby book, and then it magically appears in the shop. And then I warned Paul that maybe he was part of some bigger conspiracy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And clearly, people are now reading his thoughts. I know, Paul, you said you recently moved. Was the yeah. rate like really too good? Was it too uncomfortably oh. good to believe? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just trying to build this all, put this all together. How 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 big are the drapes? Like, because they probably should be completely covering what, yeah, the what windows. Drapes? What drapes? Uh, wow. <laughs> no, no, it, I don't want to get into it. I did look into this place. So, Nick, you're actually making me suspect the, the uh, circumstances of my move. So... <laughs> uh, well, it's make... part of the department of truth yeah Listen, uh -oh. before, uh -oh. before we get yeah. too deep into this uh, paul do you read anything else you want to talk about <laughs> yes 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 let's move on um i read another uh, ogn that came out recently is called onion skin this was originally published um in mexico i think last year and then top shelf published the english translation earlier this year it's by an artist named edgar camacho and he's a newer up-and-coming mexican uh comic book artist 
And this book is, I think, one of his first things he did. Um, it's a story about a man who's a graphic designer by by trade. He's very tired of his job. He doesn't have a, his heart isn't into it, and um, he ends up basically breaking his arm in a way to kind of stop working to avoid having to work. And uh, through a ser- <laughs> series of circumstances, he ends up befriending a woman at a concert. They decide to throw all caution to the wind and start a food truck. And there's a lot of interesting background here of like, maybe this was his destiny all along to start this food truck. Mm. This woman he met, he has dreams, but maybe he met her before. They have a deeper connection than he realizes. Um, their food truck is very successful. She has a special uh, herb that she puts in all the food that people really enjoy. It's mm-hmm. very unique and it gives their food a distinct taste. And and along the way, they end up falling afoul of another food truck, a rival vendor who is protected by a biker gang, and they have to fight off this biker gang. So there's sort of a lot going on in this story. But what I really liked was Camacho's uh, artwork. It reminded me of Kevin Cannon, another cartoonist who does a sort of artwork that's it sort of lurks simple and cartoony on the surface, but it's very purposefully designed and drawn. There's moments where there's an action scene and instead of it being an onomatopoeia sort of sound effect, it's a verb of what's happening with mm. something that Kevin Cannon does in a lot of his work. Um, and the color scheme, it's a lot of earth tones, very pleasing, warm colors. It's a really lovely looking book. I guess my only complaint would be the resolution feels very quick. Like I feel like maybe there was something missing. You know, I had to kind of go back and read like, did I miss something? There was a, there was a moment I missed, but mm-hmm. that's a very minor complaint in the large scale uh, appeal of the book, I think aesthetically it's very nice. And again, it's when I was reading, thinking about these two books that I read, wanted to talk about, they both are examples of, you know, Hispanic artists or Mexican artists who are trying to present something that doesn't feel, you know, stereotypically Mexican. Like this book, sure, it's sure. a celebration of Mexican food and Mexican cuisine, but it's set in contemporary times. And it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't lay into a lot of stereotypical you know, aesthetic designs. It feels unique, contemporary, very modern. Same thing with Le Mano del Destino. It's a very distinct, modern, contemporary feel to the book. Both books really celebrate uniquely Mexican cultural aspects, food and lucha libre, in a very pleasing aesthetic style. So I didn't really even realize the connection until I was talking about them just now. But <laughs> yeah, those are the two books I read. So I, I guess there was a, a reason behind talking about both of these today. Yeah, I mean, they both <laughs> sound amazing, for sure. And I know that you said, obviously, that it feels like the ending maybe was like unsatisfactory, but is it <laughs> is it really an indie comic book unless you feel like the last 15 <laughs> pages were torn out by someone else? And <laughs> Yeah, wow. I mean, maybe, yeah, that's a very particular aesthetic and experience I've had reading a lot of books. But uh, no, this, I think uh, Camacho is a very good artist. I'm very curious to see where his career goes. I know this book, when it came out in Mexico, got a lot of praise. Mm. He's a big up and coming artist there. So this is nice to see one of his books translated to English. And again, Top Shelf is, is a big publisher for that. So they, they have a big outreach yeah. and a big spread and a big um, a footprint, so to speak. So excited to see what he does in the future. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to Nick. Uh, how have you been? What comic books are you going to tell us about that have perfectly understandable endings? Okay. Please. <laughs> I just want to say this up front. All right. Because clearly, clearly, based on the chat, I'm really garnering some praise here. <laughs> I'm okay with those endings. I want okay, those gotcha. endings. Uh-huh, like uh-huh, uh-huh. the idea of like, well, what happens next? Like, I'm okay with that. As someone who procrastinates and doesn't always get things exactly how I want them, um, the idea that things don't get completed is perfectly fine by me. That's uh-huh, my own uh-huh. life. So, okay. Not that everyone made it personal. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. So let's see. West Michigan weather watch. Uh, rain. Lots of rain recently. Uh, super humid. It's been very weird. It's definitely like the first couple steps into fall, but not to a point where it's like the colors are changing and it's just sort of brisk. It's just that weird summer fall mishmash that we get in Michigan. Other than that, you know, it is football season. Michigan won, Michigan State won, Iowa won. We won't talk about uh, Ohio State. Uh, And uh, in terms of what I read, um, I know this is a book. Quite a few people have probably read at this point. Mm -hmm. So I know this isn't a hot take, but guys, (laughs) uh, Reckless is really, really good. Like, this is the second time I've read it. I'm I'm rereading it because I have the second volume on my plate. And I said, well, I might as well at least just go reread the first. I really, really enjoy this book. For those not aware, who have been li- living under a rock that's probably under a larger sized rock. Sure. <laughs> in the comics world. In the comics yeah. world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is written by Ed Brubaker, drawn by uh, Sean Phillips, uh, with colors by uh, Baby Phillips Jr. Jr. Um, that's Jacob <laughs> Phillips. That's Sean's son. <laughs> this is the nickname I've chosen for him. You can't- uh, I mean, you can't give Jacob Phillips John Ramita Jr.'s nickname because it doesn't work. <laughs> JRJR only works because his oh, name no. is John Ramita Nick. Baby Nick. Jacobs, <laughs> baby Jacobs Dinosaur Jr. Jr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> baby Jacob Phillips Dinosaur Jr. Jr. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, it's this isn't the problem, right? They say that the only rule of nicknames is that you can't give yourself the nickname. So as long as I'm giving the nickname, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah, so I think most people kind of know the general aesthetic, tone, feel of Brubaker Phillips' works. Typically noir, crime, uh, pretty grounded in reality, although frequently most of them have a little nuanced twist, um, whether that's um, Fatal, which I think you could argue is actually more ungrounded than not. Fatal's uh, the only one. That's (laughs) like super loopy, yeah, but like Killer Be Killed. Uh, criminal things like sure, that. Sure. There's always something going on, um, and I I would just I was when I was rereading it, I was just really thinking about it, and I think that this is really a really perfect gateway book to try to get people into comics. Who and I've I've had a couple people like this that I've tried to convince, and they uh, you know said I'm not really interested in comics, and no one's ever heard of them again. But <laughs> for the people who did listen to me, it's just hyper grounded and so the people who are like i don't want capes i don't want super heroics i don't want crazy powers i just want something that reflects reality to which i say you know you're basic i guess but um <laughs> wow. wow uh i just i really really love this book and i i think it might be my favorite work by these creators mm. yeah mm. i you know i can absolutely understand wow. that this book is it is definitely them honing their craft to the most perfect that it's been. I, I can't think of a book that has better delivered on a story, on I mean, artwork. Like, I mean, th- this yeah. book is Pulp fantastic. It's tricky, right? Because they've put out two absolute freaking bangers within the last year, year and a half. Sure, sure, sure. And I think the obvious thing that really makes these two for me the best is just the addition of Jacob Phillips. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob Phillips Jr., Jr., baby Jacob our colorist. Um, honestly, I prefer Jacob over Brett Weiser, who was doing mm-hmm. a lot of the coloring sure. work for Brubaker and Phillips with their recent works. Obviously, that's not happening anymore. We're not going to touch that topic. 
I can only handle so much controversy in one day. But honestly, like, I can't recommend this work enough. It's it's such a good noir, and it's kind of like the inverse of a lot of noir that we see where everything is like dark alleys and, you know, all this shady stuff going on. This is like all happening within this sort of sun bleached, yeah. you know, everybody cover your eyes and don't look at the sun LA where everything's just, it's not that everything's sort of shrouded in darkness. It's that everything is just too bright. <laughs> and Jacob yeah. Phillips color palette for these books is just it's like bright pinks it's bright purples it's like really Mm -hmm. neon i love it i love Mm -hmm. it i love it if you're not getting in on this you need to get in on this (laughs) nick how are they putting out three ogns in a year i have no freaking clue how this they're very good they're very good they're very very good good. (laughs) well i want to say very quickly like i what i like about this book in particular is that a lot of phillips and brubaker's other work is clearly homages to certain genres. And this yes. book in particular feels like he want like Brubaker wants to do this sort of pulp hero or like detective hero, like, like Parker, you know, if you've read the yeah. Richard Stark stuff, mm-hmm. but he's doing it in his own way. It's like, I'm not going to set it in the fifties or sixties. It's going to be set in the eighties. It's going to be in this, you know, brightly lit, you know, Hollywood aesthetic. It's going to have these particular markers. It's kind of going to be like the Rockford Files, but not that much like the Rockford Files. Like, and it really feels like something that is they've absorbed all of their influence to the point when they do something like this, it feels wholly formed in their own, even though you can see what influenced them at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Um, like most salient points that Paul takes where he condenses <laughs> my rambling for eight minutes and turns it into a 30-second sound clip that... We'll probably get aired in place of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here to do, Nick. I'm here to yes, give you the, please. the too long in read version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything uh, else that you've been reading, Nick, though? Yeah, I'll, I'll briefly touch on this other book I actually read last night called Yojimbot. I read the first two issues. Uh, this is written and drawn by Sylvain Repo. Uh, I'm sorry, your name is French, and I probably just totally butchered it. Apologies. At least I didn't pronounce the S at the end of your name. So, um, and colors by Noiri or Noiri. Again, sorry. So obviously this title is a portmanteau of robot and rabbit, um, which we all know from reading Usagi Ojimbo. I don't know um, if a lot of people, I don't know. People might which, not know. I'm just Which saying. is weird because the main robot character nearly looks like or behaves like a rabbit. So uh, false advertising. I'm, I'm just kidding. Yojimbo means bodyguard. So, uh, Usagi Yojimbo meaning rabbit bodyguard. So, right. So it's a portmanteau of robot (laughs) and bodyguard. Makes a lot more sense. This is Repo's first graphic novel. Came out this year. It was originally released in France by Dugard Comics as an OGN and then imported into English via Europe Comics, who also knew that uh, Americans wouldn't know what to do with the work unless it was split into three segments of 50 pages apiece. Uh, because we don't know how to handle that otherwise. Uh-huh. So they split it into three issues. They're all currently on sale on Comixology right now. So if you're interested, get in on this. The book sort of kicks off with that typical energetic fight you you normally see. You've got these two robots dressed like wandering swordsmen from Japan during the feudal era. And one of them even has that big round straw hat that covers his eyes. So you you know you got that sort of menacing you know what's this guy up to sort of look 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, is there rain pouring down? Yeah. Is there a pagoda in the background as lightning strikes and they cross swords? Yes, absolutely. And like the, as it slowly starts to veer way too much towards like, is this too much wish fulfillment? Right? Like, am I getting everything I think would be super cool all at once? The book sort of has a twist and shows that there's maybe some substance in addition to all of the massive amount of style that you're getting front loaded into this book. You sort of follow this robot named Mobile Unit 63, and also this young child named Hero who's trying to escape with his dad from some place called the base. It's in like near future Japan. Mm -hmm. These people are hunting them, and we know that Hero's dad was like a scientist, but we don't know what he was working on. Um, and they're trying to bring them back to the base and this robot um, protects them and the dad dies, um, which, uh, you know, let it be said, if you're a parental figure and like a surrogate robot parental figure comes into the scene, like, get out of there. You're going to end up dead. It's not looking good for you. And so, yeah, this uh, robot kind of becomes this parental figure to this kid and is going to try to help reunite him with these other people. I mean, the beginning is more, I'd say, tried and true than cliche. I think it works. What helps is just that the color palette for this book, for like a post-apocalyptic story, color palette's amazing. Uh, It's bright. It's energetic. The panel work is great. The robot designs are fantastic. And a lot of the book is largely silent because the robot doesn't talk. Mm. Uh, And when I told all this to Mike, he said, okay, so this book is basically Wally. And I said, yes, it's (laughs) Wally. If Wally also managed to bisect someone vertically with a sword halfway through the book. Um, So if that sounds appealing, I mean, uh, that, that, did that not happen in the version of Wally that you guys watched? I (laughs) didn't. The Blu-ray was seven extra dollars. And I just said, I'm not going there. So if that was there, I, I missed it. People are very upset in the chat that we're oh, talking no. about Wally killing people. Um, <laughs> any, I would have seen it if that had been the case. I, Look, well, if the you thing. ask someone to take out the trash for how many decades in a row, they're gonna they're gonna lose it at some point. <laughs> it's just natural. <laughs> um, yeah. Any any last thoughts on this book, Nick? I'm I before I can I can talk about books no, I've been reading. I I I had a lot of fun with this. It was a real diamond in the rough. I know two people on Discord have already uh, bought copies, so. Um, that person whose French name I butchered, I do expect like a 10% cut uh, oh for the finder's fee. All right. Um, and uh, <laughs> Mike, what have you read? <laughs> how, how have comic books been uh, on this uh, 300th episode and maybe my last if we keep this up? Yeah, Nick, uh, you're really pushing it. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> this week, uh, I mean, I've been super busy. I don't know if you guys have been listening to all the the interviews that we've been doing, but I've been just stacking up interviews nonstop and trying to get a bunch of really cool stuff in for the future of the show, like future episodes way into like late October and November and stuff and planning out stuff that we're going to do for this episode. We've got a a really cool interview segment that's going to take place after the break. Um, We're going to do some talking between the three of us here, but then there's a really cool edited thing that Xander's putting together. It is, it's, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. But for me, I've I've also been reading comics. I've managed to read a couple of things that are pretty good. Uh, one of which was the Tea Dragon Society. This is by K. O'Neill. 
Uh, I don't know if I need to say anything else about this other than it is probably one of the nicest comics I've read in a long time. I think everybody else who's read and talked about this on the show uh, has said that they loved it. I absolutely fell head over heels in love with just the cuteness and the really wonderful character development that happens in this book. The world that this story takes place in makes me want to play a really like laid back, chill D&D game where you're kind of just doing nice things for your neighbors and make that into the game. But anyways, I, I really liked it. Not much else to say other than that. I think everybody should read this book. It's a perfect all ages story that creates, it has a very diverse set of characters and a really interesting story altogether. A beautiful little world. Um, highly recommend that one. The other book I'll say really quick, I read Inferno number one. I think this is my pick last week. This is Hickman, uh, Valero City, uh, David Curiel on colors, Joe Sabino. All I can say is that I want the drama, the, the X-Men drama that is here, this idea of Mystique asking the question, why can't you resurrect the person that I love being the be- biggest question I think that the X-Men have posed so far. Like there've been a lot of really crazy things that's been happening since the Jonathan Hickman era with the uh, dawn of X this this question of mystique saying hey where is destiny where is my my wife um and the reason she hasn't my been wife. brought back is spoilers i mean for those of you who have read house of x powers of x she's a precog and that kind of messes with the overall hawks pox dawn of x world for reasons that you need to read the comics to kind of get um but it's a it's a really interesting thing and mystique being mystique who kind of is like fuck you i'm you you're gonna tell me or i'm gonna put a gun in your mouth it makes Inferno number one really interesting. I'll just say that. Inferno number one, fantastic little book. Um, yeah, Cinco, I'm in, intentionally ignoring Nick right now. Um, so- <laughs> Can I ask you, is it, is it Powers of X? Because I've heard that... It's, it's Powers of Ten. I refuse to say, say Powers I, of Ten. I fucking refuse to say it. It's P-O... Like, Powers of X. Just, it's fine. I don't care. All the X-Men <laughs> fans... They're going to come after me for this. Uh, They're not listening to the show. They've already given up. Um, But if they listen to this episode, I feel really bad. Anyways, the last book I do want to talk about. uh, (laughs) Technically, it's Powers of Decem. Get out of here. Today, uh, the last book I want to talk about is Witch Hat Atelier Volume 8. This is Eisner Award winning, Harvey Award winning, Witch Hat Atelier. uh, Probably my favorite manga series that's being published, period. This is Kamami uh, Shirahama. This book's beautiful, fantastic. It's cute. It's got a really interesting world. The art is so unbelievably spectacular. I don't know what else to say about this book other than if you haven't read it, um, I highly recommend just trying volume one. I think uh, Shirahama's art will sell you. And I think the really interesting, unique world that she creates for this book will keep you wanting to read. The basic idea being that a young girl, uh, she finds a spell book. She's given a spell book by a strange person in a, in a hat at a festival, and she tries to perform magic. And in doing so, she actually petrifies her. She accidentally petrifies her mom. Um, another and witch their house. Sh- and their house. All right, Nick. All right, Nick. Uh, and uh, another witch shows up and says, hey, normally we would wipe your memory, but I think there's something special here. And he brings her under his wing and takes him takes her back to his atelier to teach her to become a witch. And she learns all about the intricate world of magic. And uh, this book has continued to be amazing. Volume 8 in particular had moments where I don't think that Shirahama needed to go as fucking hard as she did. There are pages where they're just talking about like basic things. And in the background, there are just these full page or third page or half page just spreads of very intricate detailed art. Uh, And I know that she's done this in other volumes, but I felt it particularly hard in this one. 
that she was just going all out with every piece of art. Every time she had the opportunity to do something intricate for a metaphor or to just show something off, she did. And uh, yeah, this is the best volume yet. Next volume comes out in June and I cannot fucking wait. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> if I haven't convinced you, there's no hope for you yet. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a beautiful book. It's a be- I forgot that you picked that one up. I, I yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy that you are Um, making all sorts of inroads. (laughs) Well, uh, speaking of inroads, let's talk about comic books that are coming out very soon or you're very excited for to read whatever's next on the top of your pile. Let's dig right into it. So, uh, Paul, why don't you start us off? Mike, I'm excited to read Defenders number three. Um, I'm really, really enjoying this new Defender series. I like weird Marvel and I feel like Al Ewing has done a great job highlighting weird Marvel in this book. He's teaming up with the artist Javier Rodriguez. This is one of the best looking superhero books I've read in a long time. And I like the story. I like the team put together, but really it's Rodriguez's artwork. It's like psychedelic superheroics. You know what I mean? It's like out there and cosmic, but not copying the Kirby cosmic or the Starlin cosmic. It's, it's, it's its own thing. And I really appreciate it because of that. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know who the defenders are in this particular iteration, Doctor Strange has to put together a ragtag team of heroes, including the Silver Surfer, the Masked Rider, oh, sorry, Masked Raider, Betty Banner, Cloud, and Galactus's mom um, uh, as what? the team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? Who's Cloud? Yeah. I, that's a character I didn't recognize. So there's a again, I'm not too Does Marvel he have a big uh, sword? well read. No, Nick. it's a Mike can explain it off off air later. So um. Anyway, um, they have to chase down a rogue scientist who traveled backwards through time, and in doing so, they cross through the previous versions of reality, since I guess the 616 Marvel Universe is in the eighth reality, and they're going back into the, the previous ones where everything's different. Last issue, they ran into an infant who will one day grow up to be Galactus, which, you know, there's that whole question of, would you kill Hitler? Would you kill baby Galactus? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so Silver Surfer wrestles with that. That's where they meet Galactus's mom, who speaks... In Kirby-esque, it's amazing. Like the dialogue she has, she has is all exclamation points, all over the top. It, it's it's the dialogue from a Kirby comic that amazing. she speaks in, which I loved. And that's what I really like about this comic. It's it's a book that celebrates particular Silver Age aspects. Uh, the artwork and the story feels like a mashup of Kirby and Ditko, but without feeling like a straight up homage. Like it's unique in its own way. And it really is one of the funniest books Ewing's done for Marvel. Ewing is a very fun and funny writer, but mm-hmm. Immortal Hulk wasn't very funny a lot of the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but- yeah, I didn't, didn't really have an opportunity to be so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this book is super fun. It's super funny. I mean, it's one of those books that I, there's a lot of double page spreads or page layouts where I'll just like stare at the pages just for like five or 10 minutes. I'm like this is beautiful. And this is something you can only do on a comic books page. You know, it really was one of these books I was reading and thinking there's no way we could turn this into a movie. It, it is a comic book and it's celebrating the comic bookiness of itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see where, uh, where Ewing and Rodriguez take it from here. Paul, yeah, Paul was I, like, there's no way this could be turned into a movie. And then he just slammed the issue shut and said, then what is the point? And threw it against the, the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, Javier Rodriguez's art is always spectacular to me. I, yeah. Especially like the, his exiles run that he did with Saladin Ahmed was absolutely beautiful. And uh, yeah, this, your 
the way you've been talking about this book recently, I feel like I got to grab it. I'm probably going to wait till it's all out. Maybe I'll grab it as a trade. But um, yeah, this sounds like right up my alley for just kind of fun one and done style stories, especially with the weirdness factor. This this sounds really cool. I think it's a limited series. I think it's only like five or six issues. Like it's a mini series. Yeah. So once it's yeah. all collected, it's going to be something you're going to want to track down for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Nick, what about you? What's uh, on the top of your pile? Yeah. So for me, there's really nothing that interesting coming out this week it looked like it was a really really light week i don't know if it's one of those weird like are there typically when there's like five wednesdays in a month then mm-hmm. it sort of happens so i'm not sure if that's the case i didn't sit down and do the math on it but um so for me there's kind of two things on my personal reading horizon that i'm pretty excited for obviously i already mentioned one which is reckless friend of the devil and um Beyond that, I don't know if the solicit still holds true, but I believe the third installment is actually slated to come out in October. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The solicit for Friend of the Devil, at least at least at that point when that solicit was written, said that the third one was coming out in October. So, I mean, there's even more on the horizon if, uh, if that deadline holds true. Uh, Danny says it does. So um, yep. we'll hold him to that then. Uh, yeah, they did it just for my birthday, and I really appreciate Brubaker and Phillips looking out for me this month. Yeah. That's all. So uh, very excited for that. Still, like, I want to know, like, have they just been working on this for years? Did, uh, you know, the pandemic for all of the terrible, terrible things it did, like, did it allow them to really, like, double down on this? I don't know. It's just a, like, this is like Matt Kent, Charles Soule levels of of uh, just <laughs> churning out stuff. So yeah. I'm I'm very impressed because obviously the quality is just so high. So very pumped for that. The other kind of weird oddity that I just haven't gotten around to reading, but um, it is next on the list for me, is the final issue of The Silver Coin, uh, also from Image Comics. Uh, For those unaware, this is a series that has been sort of an anthology uh, where it's uh, one uh, artist and then a rotating stable of writers uh, Mm -hmm. with Michael Walsh doing all of the art. And then... Writers such as, let's see, I think Jeff Lemire, Kelly Thompson, um, Ed Brisson, I think, did another, did one Mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. And up to this point, I've just been pretty unimpressed with this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So much talent, but I I just haven't, I I don't know if the format is flawed. I, I don't think it is. I think it's neat to have like sort of a stationary artist and rotating writers because normally I feel like normally you get the reverse where it's like, hi guys, I'm the writer. This is my magnum opus and we're going to rotate some artists through or something like that. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't want to say this is like a flawed idea, but I just, I've been pretty underwhelmed by this. The fifth issue is supposed to divulge the, origins of this cursed coin which we Mm -hmm. see in all of these different eras with all of these different protagonists um you know this has gone into the far-flung future this final issue is supposed to go into the past um for those who aren't aware it's your typical like oh i got my hands on the coin and like you know i really want to make this wish happen or i really wish x would happen and then of course the coin grants the wish but with you know some warped or twisted be careful what you wish for yeah it's leprechaun logic yeah 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 Yeah. so i'm hoping the movie the movie series leprechaun just i just want to be clear (laughs) the movie series just leprechauns in general mike just really has it out for just leprechauns at large yes yes 
But I hope this ties it together. I hope this gets better because I've heard that I think partway through releasing the single issues that this series got greenlit to go to ongoing. So, yeah. gosh, I mean, yeah, fingers crossed. I, I will say I, I've enjoyed this series overall, but I can see all of your criticisms. I think it might have worked better as oversized issues because just the standalone stories themselves have been a little felt they a little feel rushed. Except you know for the I mean? Zdarsky story, which is perfect. I don't understand how you fucking nail number one and the rest of them just yeah. feel like super flat after that. that that's I don't a good even point. remember that what was, was Zdarsky's. Who it got the, the musician? Is the, the cool musician one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. fine. That yeah. was really good. I, I think the I think the thing is that they're all supposed to function as standalone twenty page stories, but they don't always have a satisfying conclusion in those 20 pages. So I just wonder if reading this in a collection would be more satisfying than reading it month to month. Yeah, maybe. And, I, and, and again, I, I have enjoyed it as standalone stories, but I can see all of your criticisms that you're saying. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like it, we we so rarely get anthology format at this point that it's like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't want to yeah. come down on this book too hard because like, well, <laughs> I don't want to, we, we've, we've spent a lot of time yeah, <laughs> uh, I do. I do want to talk about this because I I really have a lot of thoughts about Silvercoin. Sure, um, Nick, you'll have to read the last if, uh, issue and then you have to let us know after you finish it how you how you feel about the series overall. Well, how about that? Let, let me ask you yeah. this: Do you think the fifth issue, <laughs> right? You know, no, no. <laughs> I'll just say that whatever question you were going to ask, I'm confident that the answer is no. Yeah, um, because I read it and I read. A lot of thoughts about that, but I'm going to okay. just blanket no, and you get back to me once you finish. <laughs> All right. Um, I, really quick. Uh, so Discord, every, so we have so many people on Discord today. I'm so, I can't even begin to thank you all you're all fantastic yeah. i i love all of you uh we have a bunch of picks what people what's on the top of everybody's pile from the discord uh kara is going to be is very excited for elsa chartier and pietrick uh, colonnais uh, inktober ogn which is happening right now on kickstarter uh, th- this isn't like a plug just you should go back that elsa's amazing cinco's excited for to read uh, immortal hulk uh number 40 through 49 danny's going to be reading are you afraid of dark side number one xander's rereading all of die so am i uh high five didn't know that that was happening but i'm glad that's happening for both of us uh <laughs> kyle is reading catching up on kaiju number eight and stephanie is jumping into witch hat atelier stephanie i'm so so happy for you uh if i missed anybody i apologize let me know but uh my pick for this week i guess the book that's on the top of my pile that i'm going to be reading that's coming out this tuesday because it's a dc book uh this is soul plumber number one uh written by marcus parks henry zabrowski and ben kissel the guys who make the last podcast on the left podcast I'm excited because this sounds goofy and I like to support those guys because uh, I have uh, no soul for the most part because their show is insane. Um, the art in this book is done by John McCray and wow. I don't or maybe McCrea. I don't know how to say his yeah. name. He's great. Yep, he is Stu fucking Pendus. Holy shit. Google this guy. His art is in- insane. Uh, I don't know much about what the series is going to be other than it's about like exorcism and Satan and some sewer dwelling mischief and John McCrea is going to be drawing all of it. And uh, I mean, listeners of the last podcast on the left are probably going to be picking this up and I'm guessing it's going to be fun, but I'm biased as I'm someone who listens to their show and really enjoys their very dark sense of humor. Uh, (laughs) This isn't uh, about Mario. 
Strangely <laughs> enough, no. Uh, that would star Chris Pratt, actually. Mm, uh, right. Anyways, uh, John McCrea, though, on art is wild because if you look up this guy's stuff, it's bonkers. It's really like mm-hmm. surreal stuff that's mixed with hyper-realistic uh, art. And it kind of reminds me of, strangely enough, Brian and I read this Lobo comic for like a holiday special that we did yeah. this past year. And it reminds me a lot of that where there's like this really highly detailed realistic look mixed with absolute insane like i can't surrealist like picturesque shit where like you're not sure if that's a shape of a person or if it's just a wall um really crazy stuff it reminds me of like 90s comics or like mad magazine um and yeah that's uh but yeah i'm excited for that looks it looks like it's gonna be really cool and uh we'll see how it goes it's six issue miniseries so let's let's try it why not Sounds good. I didn't didn't know anything about this, but you've piqued yeah, it, my interest, Michael, once again. I mean, yeah, it's coming again. out from DC. So like I figured there's gotta be like, I don't know, something a little bit more special than just like some random podcasters are making a thing. It's yeah. like this is this feels a little bit bigger. And supposedly Soul Plumber is like a character that they plucked out of like DC history past. So like strange, this isn't yeah. like an original creation. I think they're just adding their own spin to it. Gotcha. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to take a quick break. Um, When we come back, we're going to be talking about the future of IRCB after episode 300. We're making some changes, uh, changes to Patreon, changes to just the show in general. Nothing that should should ruffle too many feathers. Um, But I figured let's talk about it a little bit. And uh, then we also have a really cool interview thing that we did with everybody on the show, um, just about comics and their thoughts of asking the question, why are comics good? And uh, I I really enjoyed recording it with everyone. I can't wait to listen to it because I haven't listened to it yet. It's going to be great. Uh, But anyways, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a second. What is it about comic books in general that make them so compelling to you? I think the thing that makes comics so compelling is just the the breadth of subject matter that they can cover you know because we we tend to throw around the word comics you know like like we do with books or movies uh as if it means like one specific thing and it does refer to a specific medium but there are so many different things that different people can do with it and so i i think it's so awesome that whoever you are and whatever you like there's a comic book out there that you're gonna pick up and be like this was tailor-made for me comics have been compelling for me because they they do create these these little worlds in this in this space between straight prose and straight um audiovisual media where you are like able to like i have always felt that i've been able to like fall into them easier and into this this visual style and getting to appreciate uh, different kinds of of art in a different format than maybe like you know we're surrounded by art all the time whether it's a piece of graphic design on an advertisement or the pattern on a piece of clothing that we have or art that we visit in in a gallery and getting to see art used for for narrative purposes is something that um, we're not as as used to in a static medium and for me it's really interesting to see how uh, artists are able to tell stories that are full of motion when nobody's actually moving so it's this sort of like weird weird alchemy that 
that I find very arresting. And it's interesting to to see the different art styles and the different storytelling types and see, okay, well, like what works and what doesn't. And everyone who reads comics has such wildly different opinions about what they like in terms of writing, in terms of the art. And because comics are a very collaborative medium, you can see again that that middle point between like the one person writing a novel and the hundreds of people who work on a film you've got maybe like 10 people working on a comic book so you get a more focused collaboration so if you if you like multiple voices feeding into a story that's that's a nice uh middle ground between the two what makes comic books special you know that's a that's a rough question but you know comic books to me, were probably the first medium that I really experienced that really emphasized or at least really made me understand the phrase, the sky is the limit, or, you know, even that there is no limit. And it just seemed like there was no end to all the differences and all the craziness that somebody could imagine. And, you know, they're reading them now, even as regularly as I do, there, there still isn't an end to the different things that we can find. You know, and the only thing holding a, a comic book creator back is their imagination. And I think that there's something incredibly special in that. That, you know, for me is such a no-brainer. Comic books are so special to me because of the social aspect to them. Uh, as you know, Mike, uh, my friends after college were made by getting involved with this podcast. So I met you through, uh, I was the comic book club president at the time and asked you to come uh, speak to club and then through that got involved with the podcast and met my best friends in the world and it's just the like I mean that comic book club is how I made my friends in college so it's been this really big social anchor for me in terms of meeting people with similar interests and then having a shared thing to do together like pre-pandemic pre-moving away for grad school I one of my favorite things every single week was going to the uh, local comic book shop together and making a whole thing of it, right? Like you're browsing um, as well as picking up your pull list and also kind of like showing each other what you got and what you'd recommend. And then, you know, going out to eat afterwards and talking about, you know, comic stuff while you're eating. And it's just so much fun. And same with like going to Comic-Con together. It's just like an absolute blast. And then obviously the podcast. Uh, A lot of my friends right now, the most I talk to them is through, through and about podcast stuff or like telegram chats related to the podcast and comics and stuff so it's like the stories that are really special to me too obviously but they could be the same stories in novel form or movie form the thing that is really different about comics that's special for me is that social aspect of like that drawing together of people and just love you guys (laughs) i mean Sorry, you say that. That Mike's really means blushing. a lot. You guys can't see it right now. And I, like, I more am seeing it with my spidey sense, um, but he is blushing. I, I think what really makes comics compelling for me, or at least one of the things, is just that it's something that you're really able to tackle at your own pace. I think that that's a big part of it. If you read super fast if you want to just cut through a book uh if you want to sit you know and examine panel by panel and just dissect all of the elements of a scene or the page layout or something like that it's um it's you know it's so much easier to do that with with comics 
than than I think some of the other mediums out there where you can just really just stop and break things down and take it at your own pace or alternatively just go as absolutely mind-bogglingly fast as you as you want to go. I've always really liked that you can sort of tackle comics on your own terms in terms of speed and 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 uh just digestion of uh of the content and and also just i I think people always tap into the serialized nature of comics but i think also um what i've always found compelling sometimes are just the ability for certain things to just end in terms of comics and i suppose that's true of most mediums but it's always interesting to see non-serialized stuff as well. So, I think I've always really liked magical realism where there is like one element of a story that is kind of fantastical. Um, yeah, I think Big, Big Fish, the movie, is a really good example of, of something that more people know about. And it's just a little bit of fantasy <laughs> in the world, I think, um, both in the story and then also for me to read it it's just something that's a little bit more beautiful uh yeah what makes a comics compelling for me there is such a more immediate connection between the creator and the reader when it comes to comics particularly we were talking about love and rockets and creator own series like that where really it's just one person more or less sitting at the drafting table or sitting at their their computer more often these days uh drawing writing creating something that you know isn't going to be the most popular thing in the world probably isn't the most lucrative way to use their skills but they're doing it out of pure love and you can see that on the page when something's really near and dear to a creator i think it's more obvious in a comic than some other mediums you know as a reader and i feel that direct connection just the idea of that being ink on a page or pixels on a tablet that came from someone and i'm reading it and i'm probably having the same emotions reading it that they had writing it I don't think you really get that from a lot of other mediums. I mean, maybe music sometimes, but even then, it's sort of filtered through a lot of different things. I think comics are a lot more immediate and present in the actual, you know, reading of them. So that's what means a lot to me. And it's a small community. I think that walls between consumers and creators is a lot, it's a lot thinner walls when it comes to comics and some of the mediums too. So it's, I feel there's a lot more direct connection that way. And that's, what's always been really special to me. Even mainstream comics, you know, there's a lot more hands involved, a lot more, uh, you know, cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. You can tell when a comic is made with passion and one that's not right away. And I think that's really interesting about that medium, particularly. When you're thinking about comic books and you're thinking about something that has really kind of gotten you jazzed about comic books in general. What is one special comic that has a place in your heart? Well, in a in a shocking plot twist, absolutely no one saw coming. Uh, Sailor Moon is one of the most formative comic book series for me. And Sailor Moon was a series that I started reading in middle school when everything becomes very formative. And the characters were around my age and it was a way to sort of project these fantastic things happening to these characters as things that uh, I could like put myself into those stories and say, oh man, like, wouldn't it be really cool if I and my friends could save planet Earth from the forces of evil through the power of friendship and these like magical wands that come from the moon on high and allow us to protect ourselves and each other and all of these characters can be 
girls in different ways and express their femininity in different ways. And like the tough girl, she really just wants to be in a committed relationship with someone and have a flower shop. And the priestess girl just wants to keep like running the shrine because she had a bad relationship experience and thinks men are overrated. And the really smart one just wants to be a doctor like her mom and help people and one of them just wants to be a teen idol and they're all just unified by this common mission of making the world a better place and keeping their friendship strong with the like doofy clumsy girl who brought them all together in the first place so it's just like a really like I've always found it to be a really lovely story about how female friendships can be empowering and there's a there's a lot of weird like vaguely sexual stuff going on that I don't think was age inappropriate but looking back I'm kind of like oh you were crushing on that dude who was straight up an adult and you were a 14 year old like so there's it's not a perfect series by by any means but I found it to be very important to me at at a time in my life when I like really needed that expression of things could be beautiful and full of light at a time when a lot of the emotions and like hormones you're feeling as a teenager are kind of like bleak and dark so this was a nice balance to that where I could still express my my view of the world as being this fantastical beautiful place even when bad things are happening around you and uh, so for for me that uh, remains a resonant series well the comic that has a special place in my heart and I don't think this will come as a surprise to anybody is Giant Days it is sort of the rare comic that just makes me happy. There was never any like anticipation about it. I was never like waiting with bated breath for the next issue of Giant Days to come out. But whenever it did release, it was always the first book I read. And it always just put a smile on my face. It made me laugh out loud alone in my car on my lunch break most of the time. I enjoyed the low stakes, low expectations of it. Tilly Walden's memoir, Spinning, is the comic that I'd say has like the most special place in my heart right now, which I realize isn't exactly like a hidden gem. Uh, she won the Will Eisner Comic Industry Award for Best Reality-Based Work for this book in 2018. But beyond being just like absolutely phenomenal, gorgeous artwork, um, I think it is so special to me because I had such a similar childhood to her. I was the same kind of type A, really competitive and perfectionistic kid and also extremely anxious with the very similar parents um, that weren't necessarily the most supportive. Also had similar experiences that she goes through in the book of being kind of that quiet, nerdy kid that has issues with getting bullied at school and growing up gay in an area and time where it's not accepted and it brings about a lot of like fear and shame. And so I think this one, when I read it for the first time, is one of those books that I instantly reread because it just blew me away and hit hit me. It was just, you know, that punch to the chest. But it's so good and so ultimately hopeful. And it's one of those things we talk about sometimes on the show about, like, when you feel really seen in comics and comics have a way sometimes of making you feel less alone and less strange and weird and stuff like that. And so I just love the story, love that book. It will be on my shelf forever. I don't want to play 
too close to being on brand for this because it's, it's an obvious choice, but it's the first one that comes to mind. It's obviously going to be Love and Rockets. Not a comic that I read when I was young. I came to it pretty late uh, in the game, so to speak. It was right when I was getting back into reading comics regularly, probably about 10, 12 years ago now. So I must have been in my 20s. I was in college. Um, I was tuned out of mainstream comic books, just dabbling back into it again for the first time in probably a decade. Right when they were launching the third volume of Love and Rockets, when they kind of switched it to being an annual 100-page collection, and I grabbed the first one because I knew the name, I knew it was a legendary comic book series, and it grabbed me immediately. And going back and rereading that whole series that's been going on for 36 years now and still going, having the experience of reading that book, getting caught up with it, having new issues coming out, it's really been almost a constant presence in my comic book reading since... You know, I got back into comics and I've had so many emotional moments reading that series. It's a series I've connected with other people with. I think I've convinced you to read it at times. Uh, so it's a comic that means a lot to me personally. And it's one of the few comic books that has had absolute stunning pages that I've had to stop, catch my breath, hold back tears. It's, it's such an emotional experience with that comic. So it's got to be my choice for that. It, it really has a special place for me. And uh, pretty much everyone I know that's read it has had a pretty similar experience. That's my choice. Love and Rockets by Jaime and Gilbert Hernandez and sometimes Mario Hernandez. I Kill Giants is really special to me. I've read this a couple of times now and it sticks with me for days every time I read it. The first time I read it, it really challenged what comics could like be for me, what they could talk about. The protagonist in this story isn't really likable, but you can see why. She's basically being raised by her teenage sister while her mom is on life support upstairs, which is something that she's not dealing with internally. And the comic ends without telling you if giants of the title I Kill Giants are actually real in the world because the protagonist can see them, but nobody else can. Um, and, and the comic is kind of open-ended in that way. And... The implied world from that way that it leaves off is just so much bigger than the world on the surface of the story. This this kind of family drama that's happening and this girl trying to figure out how she's going to handle it. And that is commentary, I think, about our own flawed world. It kind of helps helps me remember that even though things can look really bad, there's still a largeness to our world that is buried in there somewhere. I think two of the books that I really cherish for me, and obviously we're going to cheat here and, and pick two. One is like Aliens Dead Orbit. I realized that was recently, you know, on the show. And uh, and the other is sort of uh, Transformers versus, versus G.I. Joe. And I know that that sounds kind of weird, but I think we all have certain comic book turning points or, or, or growth in our, in our reading of comics. And, and I'm not saying that everybody needs to reach a point where they've, you know, read everything and their third eye has been opened to all comic dumb, right? But for me, those two books sort of opened the door of kind of shattering that idea that franchise books can't be good. And I think that was, that was like a, a chip on my shoulder that I had, I think for a while there, uh, I, I always appreciate those two books, especially because they sort of said, Hey, you know, there are other people that really care about these things too, and are, are willing to sort of put out some stories that expand or, 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 you know, expound upon a universe. And I think comics have had that capacity to like build a franchise uh, in ways that we just don't see other media 
really doing anymore. Oof, it's so hard to pick just one, but what comic has a special place in my heart and why? Well, I, I'm going to have to break all my, uh, you know, fellow manga nerds' hearts and go with a comic. And it's not even an old comic, but it's a Superior Spider-Man number 31. And it's because it's the last issue in Superior Spider-Man. Peter Parker has just regained control of his body from Dr. Octavius. He is back, baby. There's chaos everywhere. And he's trying to, you know, pick up the pieces of everything that auto destroyed as Spider-Man while also still just kind of getting his, uh, getting his balance. But if anything, it really just kind of comes down to one line where, uh, you know, the Green Goblin's making fun of Octavius because he thinks that that's who it is. And then Spider-Man, Peter Parker, you know, makes fun of him, gives him a nice solid quip. And they just do this panel where they just do a close up on Green Goblin's eyes. And he's just furious. And he goes, it's you. And Spidey just, res- just responds, the one and only. And that that encapsulates everything that Spider-Man is and is to me. And, you know, it's just, ah, I love that moment. When I first read it, I both arms went up in the air. I gave a big old belly laugh, and it's just one that I think about constantly. I guess to wrap things up here, uh, I say it every week on the show, or at least I have been for the last however many episodes since we figured out how to end the show. Uh, I say, you know, comics are good. And I, I don't know if that means a lot to you, but it means a lot to me because when I think about uh, comics in general, I usually think about all of the joy that they've brought me and the way that they've united like this group of people plus everybody that I've met over the last six years or more. You know, reading comics has been like a really central focus thing. And I think coming up with that, that stinger uh, for the end of every episode saying that comics are good really holds true. And it's, it's, it's been absolutely the truth. So I'm curious, you know, when you either hear me say it or you think about that phrase or you see it on a t-shirt or something you know comics are good why why do you think comics are good i think the the biggest thing that i love about comics that makes comics good in my eyes are the is the ability to just do some real wild shit in a comic book you know you 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 don't have to worry about if if like if i if i write a prose novel for instance I always have to wonder, like, what is going through the audience's head when they're reading this? What are they picturing? Uh, in a comic, you don't have to worry about that because they can see exactly what you and the artist, or if you are, if you're the writer, what you want them to see. Whereas in film and TV, you can also show the audience exactly what you want them to see, but it comes at a much higher price tag. I'm of the opinion that comic book artists are not being paid nearly enough, but even if they were, it would still cost a hell of a lot less than the special effects budget on a big name movie or TV show. Uh, so you can, you can kind of just go nuts. You know, if you want to do something wild and crazy, you just write it down and you and the artist figure it out. I think that comics are good because in the age of the internet, we've all gotten used to having media that is quick to access and quick to consume. And comics really gives that to us. I can read one volume in 90 minutes or maybe one issue in 15 minutes around there. But when I'm into a story, I'm in it. A good story will really have me in its grasp. I won't notice the rest of the world for better or for worse. 
Comics can present us with an escapism that engages both our visual and language centers, so I feel more grasped by a story than I do when I'm reading a prose book or watching TV or even reading audiobooks, and that makes the stories seem more real in the moment. And really getting into a story puts me in a mental place where I'm not just reading about whether, say, the Ninja Turtles are looking for Splinter. I'm reading about a found family trying to stick together in a world that won't accept them. And the comics that I'm drawn to often make commentary about very real things like this, but it it makes those things meaningful and, and more beautiful than they seem in real life. When When I reflect upon that, I do really think comics are great in in terms of their ability to to bring people together for sure um whether that's uh over a discord um that we've done or whether it's in person you know like we were doing for a while or or whether that's you know getting together at your local comic shop or um maybe on reddit except maybe not on reddit um that that one's up for debate uh but but I, I, I do think that comics do have this real unifying principle to them. And I do think that um, beyond that, um, when I think of what it's done in terms of our show and, and, and bringing everybody together there and having, uh, you know, a singular shared interest, but then building that out. And I think that's probably got to be the case for so many other people where maybe comics are, are the starting shared interest or maybe they're some point that you arrive at, but um, I do think it, it sort of does work in that way. I, I would say, I think one of the other things that I think is so, you know, good about comics and I guess in terms of being like a, a light for good or a, a, you know, some sort of shining, you know, Statue of Liberty-esque thing beacon that's the word beacon i can't think of beacon um a real beacon for good is just that comics have this ability and it's 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 not unique to comics but comics are one of the very few things that have this ability where they're so able to literally respond to things right i think i think in terms of you know social causes uh, in terms of uh, topical events or, or human rights or things like that. Um, comics are, are unique in that um, their creation process sometimes is just so fast, right, that they're able to just, just like that, that was me snapping my fingers, I'm sure Xander loved that too, um, they're just able to instantly respond to to things going on as opposed to a, a TV show or a movie where, you know, maybe they feel some way about something, but you get to hear about it two or three years later, four or five years later. Um, and I think comic books are one of those uh, unique mediums that has that ability to just turn around on a dime and reflect on something. Um, and that's a unique perspective that we've certainly seen more than enough creators um, not hesitate to take advantage of uh, in that way. And I think that's powerful and it, it's unique. I think comics are good for me because of the community that they uh, evolves around them, both in terms of my 
personal social groups, but also just the like community we have with the like podcast listeners and Discord and Goodreads groups and like people I've met through there and on the wider world, if you go on Twitter and stuff, I just love that bringing together of people around the stories and the art. I love going to comic cons and like getting my favorite art prints like signed and framed and putting them on the wall so then I'm talking about them when people come over and that collecting aspect of everything is just so much fun and is so much more interactive than hanging out watching a movie on Netflix like I also love movies I am like a story lover in all mediums um, and consume them in all mediums but I think that's the really good part about comics to me her little catchphrase comics are good and so are you I, I i really do think that we still come up upon this concept of in in the wider uh cultural narrative that comics are either for kids or for weirdos <laughs> and but like weirdos with like a like a negative connotation so when when i'm saying comics are good i mean this expression of art and narrative building in this particular style has great potential and there is a story for you and i i know that comics are not a medium that everyone is interested in not everybody is interested in viewing a narrative that they have to read as opposed to view but i do think that for people who are interested in these these visual arts and the marriage of the visual and and prose based storytelling there is this this whole other way to experience stories and it and it is a, a medium that can do some some really amazing things visually like there's the whole you're only limited in a comic by your imagination with what you can draw and again different from from a, a written novel where you're kind of bu- filling in a lot of the gaps of what the creator is intending. And with a comic that can kind of hold your hand a little bit more and get at what you're looking at, like all the, uh, every few years, somebody says, well, what are they going to make saga in a, to a TV show? And I'm like, have you looked at Fiona Staples's art? Do you know how much money that CGI would cost? Something that gets me that spark you know, I think it kind of rounds about to, you know, why any and all comics are exciting or in our sense for IRCB, why comics are good is that I think that they inspire, you know, not just ideas or beliefs, but they inspire our imagination and our emotions. I think they encourage us to really think about what's possible. You know, they can be fun. They can be cool. They can be dark and they can be a million other things. But when you flip through the pages, something happens. And I, I would consider that, you know, being that, that that's inspiration, you know, no matter what level it is, they inspire something in us on every page. And I think that ultimately is what makes comics good. Why do I think comics are good? Well, uh, they're one of the few uh, sort of art forms I still keep up with regularly. You know, I've been reading comics for over 30 years now, if I really think about it. And there's still an excitement I get when I go to the comic book shop. And I, even if it's something as reading Batman, which again, I've been reading Batman comics for 30 years and you'd think I'd get tired of them, but there's really something special about the memories I have of reading comics as a kid. I still get that excitement when I go to the comic book shop. And there is again, something very special about the community that comics creates between the creator and the reader. And I think 
being on a show like this where it's just people being excited about comic books, it reminds me of that that sense that this is a special art form and it's gotten way more, <laughs> I think, access, accessible and accepted on a mainstream level than it ever has been in my lifetime. And it gets me excited about the future of comics. So I think what makes comics good is that they're always growing and evolving. You know, there's always going to be something different we can try with comics, something different you're going to see, new creators, new voices coming up. And uh, it just gets me, it gets me excited about the future. And comic book burnout is a real thing, as I've said. But when you read a good comic, or if I go to the comic book shop and I grab my books, I do get excited still. And I think that's that's a sign of a of a, an exciting and a, a good art form. So what makes comics good is that they are good. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're, they're fun to read and they're good. So that may be too simple of an answer, but that, that, that's I'm going to say it. Yeah. No, you know what? Perfect. <laughs> that is the That's exactly the kind of answer I'm looking for. <laughs> Because it's episode 300, I have to ask this question. Is This is my legally mandated question for this interview series, which is, what are your thoughts on the movie or comic known as 300? I'm sorry, what, Michael? <laughs> I mean, you know, the movie 300, you know. Oh, my God. How did I know you were going to do this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> it's It was a... Uh... A massive meme in my early college days. What are your thoughts on the movie or comic known as 300? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I've never read the comic. I have to confess uh, it, that is a blank That's spot fine. in my Frank, my Frank Miller knowledge. I remember sitting in the theater, watching the movie 300 and not could not wait for it to end. I could not stand that movie. So <laughs> it really felt like I was watching Perfect. someone play a video game. So there you go. Oh boy, uh, I've seen I've seen the movie and I've read the comic of Three Hundred. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That that's totally fine. <laughs> huh. Um, I don't I don't hate it. Do I think it's accurate to history? No, and that's probably the biggest gripe I have with it. Well, I know that people have gripes with it based on art and storytelling and whatnot. And honestly, my biggest gripe with it is historical inaccuracy. So. Take that as you will, but those are my final thoughts on it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, I have to throw that in. It's episode 300. So... <laughs> I didn't even get that. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie 300. Um, I have no. not seen the movie 300. I know uh-huh. that it involves a lot of oiled, shaved, beefy men. Yes. Um, and Lena Headey. Uh, which uh-huh. is the only reason I think I know anything at all about it, as I saw it on a list of movies with her in it, and uh-huh. then it went to like the bottom of the list in terms it's- of what I'm actually going to watch. Uh, th- thoughts on the movie or comic known as 300? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah Frank Miller's epic masterpiece. Master. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely Frank Miller's. I don't know about the other two words you used. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, he's owned it. That's for sure. Um... This week on I Read Comic Books, you know, we don't really have a focus for the episode because it's episode 300. Um, I'm here with my two 
my two oldest compatriots on the show, my <laughs> rider dies, you would say. Uh, Nick and Paul, uh, you guys have been with the show pretty much since the beginning, with the exception of Xander, who's in the chat today. I, I guess, you know, episode 300, I, I think I've alluded to the fact that like the show is going to end after 300. I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen, but episode 300, it's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I wanted to get your guys thoughts about it. I do want to say just a real quick for anyone at home who's like actually calculating stats and stuff. We have like 414 plus episodes actually in our history of the show if you include this is not an interview and minisodes i think we're up to minisode 50 the first six episodes of saga of saga which is on patreon our bonus interviews candy bar antler boy so many other things in the main feed but as far as official episodes are concerned yeah this is episode 300 and uh yeah i don't know we've got a bunch of new stuff coming down the line but i don't know Mm -hmm. nick paul how are you guys feeling so 300 episodes basically you're you're saying that this is like when the year 2000 was right on the horizon and all of those nerds showed up and they're like well actually it's not really the year 2000 but i guess we'll just let you have it like i I mean that's there was the intentional erasure of 200 episodes in the middle there that i'm just not talking about (laughs) uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, would be, that, that that would be perfect to start gaslighting people they're like where are episodes 56 to 63 and you're like i don't know what you're talking about well i should say that if you are looking for those other episodes i think before episode 100 or so they're just not in the feed anymore because apple and most podcast co- companies like don't they don't surface more than 300 episodes in a feed so i apologize sure. if you're out there trying to find those episodes uh hit me up i'll send them to you if you want them dm me but uh yeah paul i don't know what are your thoughts Nick got his smarmy talking, so like, go ahead. What, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Mixed hard on. reboot. I'm excited for the hard reboot that's going to happen when you recast all of us whoa, whoa, and spoilers. pretend nothing happened. Uh, so, oh, sorry. Uh, um, no, it, Paul and I just go all, up the stairs at the end of the last season, and no one ever sees us. You know, <laughs> we went out to buy a pack of smokes and just never came back. So, right, right. <laughs> um, um, no, in all seriousness, uh, I fondly remember. Going to your basement, Mike, the three of us sitting around a little table <laughs> yeah. recording the, the show, not sure what the show is going to be or what it should be. And then now here we are 300 episodes later, or give or take, uh, with a bunch of friends in the chat. And I say friends instead of listeners. We have a bunch of people here who love the show and love talking about comics. And I think that's what we realize what the show should be. And that's just people talking about things they love about comic yeah. books. And uh, I'm glad that it's become this over, over time. It's kind of hard to believe and it wasn't until I started doing this and talking to you all today that I really uh the weight of it all kind of hit me. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's it's weird thinking about like I, I, I think the last year and a half, you know, especially since we've been indoors for a long time, <laughs> really been trying to reflect back on like all the good things in life and trying to, you know, focus on that in terms of, you know, instead of all the other horrible shit that's happening and thinking about this show being like a consistent good thing that stresses me out and makes me frustrated and tired and i have to spend so much fucking time on it and i get so mad at myself like thinking i'm wasting my time and it's like it's not that's not it at all like i'm not wasting my time like every week i feel super accomplished i do something every single week with you guys and it's (laughs) it's spectacular and i'm proud of it and every single time we put out episodes 
I, I, I walk away from them and I'm always happy. Like, I can't think of an episode where I was genuinely upset. And even listening to episodes that I'm not on, I'm just like, God damn, we've got a fucking amazing group of people here. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, six years, that's fucking, <laughs> that's a long time to be doing anything, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, it's a testament to your commitment and Xander's commitment that the show comes out every week. You know, all I have to do is read comics and talk about it every once in a while. <laughs> all the work that you guys yeah. do behind the scenes is very, very impressive and should not go unmentioned or unrecognized. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. We, we we did like a reflection of this kind of stuff, I think, back in the annual earlier this year. So I don't necessarily want to sit here and be like, look at all that we've done. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, it's 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 interesting because I think the show has evolved and changed in ways that are um, for the better, for the worse. And we've, we've really <laughs> honed in. For the, yeah, I, wow. OK. Well, no, <laughs> wow. I, I say, you know, we've tried things and it didn't work. Yeah. I mean, do you guys okay. remember when we covered news? Do you guys remember yeah, when we had I to do. scour Reddit for things and we were like, what the fuck is this? I, those trying episodes to, are hidden. Trying to behind. dredge up any sort of artificial controversy we could. Well, that, that's know? what I'm saying. And like, you know, we pulled up stuff and I, I'm glad those episodes are buried. You can't find them like right now. They're they're behind if you DM me for an episode that's got news in it, it's questionable whether or not you're going to get it. Uh, but, <laughs> but still, like, you know, we, we've done some stuff that, like, did work and didn't work. And, like, it's fine. And ultimately, we've, you know, found what works best for the show. And that's, like, one of the things Xander and I have spent a lot of time talking about over the last like six seven eight weeks as i've been staring down the barrel of episode 300 looks like a shotgun guys put all put the imagery together it's two zeros right i've been thinking about what are we going to do after 300 is the show going to change are we going to just keep doing the same thing and does that work is that exciting for everybody it does anybody want to sit down and just talk about comics every week is that interesting to everybody on the show and like by and large i think the episode or the the answer is yeah you know, we, we do want to talk about comics. We do want to do kind of the same thing, but with a little bit of, I guess, more flexibility. I think the what's really funny about the show, and this is me, you guys, I appreciate this therapy session today. But um, the thing that I, I've been thinking a lot about is like, you know, the rigidity of the show is what kept it going for so long, right? Of just mm-hmm. like, this is what we do. We record it this time on this day. You know, we used to record at three. Now we record at one. And, you know, the show is going to be this. It's going to be broken up like this. You know, I think that kept us, got us all into these these habits that worked really well to make sure that we showed up with something to say and what we knew what to talk about. And I think with with rare exception, it worked and it has been working. I think that's what's brought everybody to continue to listen to the show. And now, like moving past episode 300, a lot of what I'm thinking of is I want to be a little bit looser with things. Like, obviously, the first half of the show today went really long. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. I'm glad that we got to have the conversation that we did. And, you know, some episodes, I think, moving forward are going to have focused topics. Some of them aren't. And in that case, they're going to be a little bit shorter and maybe they're going to have or or we talk for maybe 20 minutes or 10 minutes and that's like the end of the show. Um, I just want to make sure that everybody shows up. We don't try to drag the show out to try to meet some deadline. We don't try to, uh, I don't know, force us to try to make conversation when there isn't any um, and, things. Sure. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. so, you know, one of the big things is, you know, we're kind of changing topic formats and how we're focusing on the second quote unquote second half of our show. And uh yeah, just to be more geared towards what people want to talk about, you know, like things that are, here's a topic someone was really excited about, let's make that into an episode, keep that energy, and so on and so forth. So I don't know, I'm kind of rambling here, but like, <laughs> we're doing a lot, no, I, and I'm, I'm really excited about it, that's what I'm trying to say. And and I think anybody who's listened to the show for any amount of time has probably noticed that we have, you know, made efforts to really reformat and change the show over the years, and I don't think that there's you know anything wrong with that if people like the current format that we're at like we 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 didn't get there overnight like there were definitely 
changes and modifications uh, to to arrive at this point. And I think the fact that we're just continuing to evolve and, and grow, I think that that's a real uh, credit to, you know, Mike and Xander, because I know... That's a credit know, to all of us, though. Like, I really... Like, right, you guys but put I know, a lot like, of... you know, peek, peek behind the curtain. Like, I know that, you know, little peek behind the curtain. I know you and Xander have these discussions, like, all the time. You're always sort of thinking about, like, how can we change? How can we grow? What's working? What's not working? And I think that's a real, you know, and and it's a testament to everyone else for being so receptive and 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 willing to go along with it and, um, you know, make a real effort to, to bring those changes to bear because there are plenty of shows, we're not going to name them, and obviously not just comic book oriented, but just podcasts in general, where at a certain point, you know, things just go on autopilot. Or they're too scared to change things because they know that there is a baked-in audience for whatever the current format is, even sure. if there's no growth there. And so, um, and I think th- full credit to everyone. I, I, I think people make it look easy. I think, I think people make it look really easy for the things to change and grow and and evolve. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's hard sure. work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the thing that I've been, I've been thinking of a lot about is like, you know, a lot, a long, for a long time when we we're working on the show, like uh, our biggest thing is like, well, how do we get more people to listen? And like the question that I keep coming back to, I think Xander just kind of point blank asked me this, like we've been doing like regular just chats about this kind of stuff. He's like, well, what's the goal, right? Like, what are we trying to do? And I mean, I, I, I was, I kind of blanked and I was like, well, we want more people to listen to the show. We want, and it's like, but why? And I, I couldn't really come up with a solid answer. And I'm like, well, we have a lot of listeners. We have a lot of really fantastic human beings that listen to this show. Um, and we interact with them a lot on Discord or on Twitter or whatever, right? We get emails, people pass the name of our show along. It's it's fantastic. And so like a lot of the things that I'm focusing on post 300 and talking with you guys and trying to plan out our episodes is just like, I want to do whatever we can to enrich the, the listeners' lives here, right? Everybody that's listened to the show that that wants to hang out with us and be a part of our little community, like, let's just do stuff for everybody that's here. And if you want to come join the club, op- we're welcoming everybody with open arms. Our big thing isn't necessarily like, we need to make the most generic episode ever to bring in the most new listeners. It's like, nah, like, yeah. let's just do stuff that like we really want to do. And we're confident so far with the people that have stuck around that they're going to like it too. Uh, and, and maybe this is me being blanket, but like, I'm also thinking about like anybody. I want anybody who listens to this show to send us ideas. What do you want us to talk about? And we're changing our Patreon to kind of be a little bit more oriented towards that. But, uh, and I'll talk about that later, but no. you know, like, <laughs> uh, but I do want to like, I want more, you know, engagement. If that, if that's what it, you know, if, I, I want to engage with the people that are listening to our show. And so like, that's what I'm aiming. And this feels like, I don't know. Now I feel really weird about talking about this, all this directly, but I'm trying <laughs> to be like as transparent about like what we're doing moving forward, because like yeah. we've been doing a lot of stuff on the main feed to try to loosen things up. You may have noticed that over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if anybody listened to last week's episode, but it was a riot. If you want more Kermit impressions, uh, support us on Patreon. I'll help you out with that. Uh, <laughs> the new Patreon, the new highest Patreon tier is just literally handing out Paul's phone number. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yes. Well, that James Bond money comes rolling in, guys. I might have to uh, <laughs> make myself scarce. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, you know, we'll yeah. make it. We'll make a fun little James Bond t-shirt, uh, you know, Paul. <laughs> James Bond. Paul please Bond. No. Someone, someone said that in the chat. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, um yeah, I, you know, Mike, what I like about this whole, you know, this, the, the choice we're making to kind of shake things up, I think it, it 
feels like you keep saying that it's like we're changing things, but really I think we're just underlining the stuff that already works in the show. Like yeah. I think right very early on, we realized what we like to do would just talk about comics without, you know, like to have a theme or something, but the most fun of the episodes was talking about comics. And then once we started doing the discord, interacting with, with listeners and friends there, it was like, that's what people like. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if we can kind of make the show focused on just celebrating what we love about comics and talking about them in an open-ended way, that's what people want to hear. And I think that's what gets people excited to do it. When you have, when it, it doesn't feel like a chore to come talk about stuff on the show. You know, like yeah. I was, I had, I wanted to make sure I read something interesting to talk about on the show for today's episode. And those books that I read, I was like, when I was reading, I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait to mention this. Or I want to tell Mike and Nick about this particular thing. Cause I think it's interesting. So it's actually changed the way I read comics. And I think maybe that's the, uh, what we kind of want to, uh, make happen for listeners in the future too is like get people excited to talk about comics and get people excited to read comics because yeah. that's what we're here to do that's what the show's named what it is named you know so th- yeah. that's what we're doing so. yeah I, you you definitely you've, you've summed up everything that i've been rambling about perfectly i think like <laughs> uh you know like the the, the again lean that's why in, i'm here <laughs> yeah i mean the the lean in that we're trying to make here is like again just doubling down on what we what we really like about the show and so like when i say we're making big changes like the changes are just like us in trying to enjoy the show more um and try to make it as easy as possible to show up to to talk about stuff that they love and you know people we all have our own interests and we all have very different interests and that's why we have the cast that we have and like you know whether we expand it or whatever in the future like you know i want to make sure that we're you know everyone at the table has like is excited about something and that they, when they come to the show they're it's not a chore to like talk about a specific topic you know yeah um or talk about whatever we're going to talk about um because i know that like my my at the end of the day, I think I said this before we started recording. I've been saying this to Xander. like, I know every single person on this show can talk about comics eloquently and in a way that I find mm, extremely okay. interesting. <laughs> and that's why you're on the show. That's why everyone's on the show. And I, I love that about everybody here. And I love that about the people we get to come on the show as guests and, and stuff like I yeah. just like the end of the day. Why did I start the show in the first place? I just want to talk to people about comic books, but yeah. I hate talking to people about comic books. <laughs> and we we figured out a way for me to get over my anxiety in order to make that happen. And, you know, here we are six years later and we're doing it and I fucking love it. And I look forward to it every single week. So um, we're just trying like, again, just doubling down on that thing that makes this show amazing. And yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, reflecting on 300 episodes. I know these are things, again, you mentioned we talked about in our annual earlier this year, but you know, things we've accomplished on the show. I think being able to do interviews with creators is a very important part of the show and something mm-hmm. I hope we do more of and I think we will do more of. But what I like is when we've had those people on the show, it's never just tell us about what you're working on. It's what have you been reading? What is your favorite comic? And you can almost <laughs> yeah. hear people's excitement in their voice like, oh, I can actually talk about the stuff I like. And uh-huh. to have creators talk like fans is like my favorite thing to listen to. Absolutely. Because suddenly it makes you realize how small of a community comic book readers are are unfortunately but as i say the idea of like the people that make comics are fans to begin with so we yeah. have this shared thing language to talk about and i, I love that aspect of it yeah yeah so yeah i don't know big changes no change i don't know however you guys see it the next the next handful of episodes are going to be us like really digging in on this and uh, i think the last couple of episodes i've been trying to trying to try new things so i'm really excited to see what we do and uh some of the episodes that we have planned are going to be are really wild and out there and i hope that you all dig what we have uh coming in the near future speaking of things in the near future (laughs) uh one of the things that i will say we are changing the music for the show i know episode 300 this episode is going to have our regular music but music after 
this episode is going to be new song still by infinity shred the best band in the okay. universe we couldn't give them up uh but uh yeah this is uh <laughs> it's gonna be really cool xander and i have uh have been working on finding new music and it's it's gonna be real nice awesome xander's threatening awesome. to cut some things out of this episode already that i'm talking about so i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> but um yeah let's let's one other thing i do want to talk about here uh this is mostly just like some housekeeping stuff but uh <laughs> the threat everyone thinks that we're doing like ircb season two or all new all different ircb i mean the joke was out there i when i finished this let me go over this whole stuff with patreon <laughs> and i'll tell you guys about all the crazy shit that xander and i were talking about okay so perfect. beyond 300 you know like uh we're changing up the way that we're doing some of our patreon stuff like folks that are already patreon subscribers got this update and the schedule update if you back us at five dollars or more per month you get schedule updates about what we're doing in the near future as well as all the patreon only series that we've done um like book versus book ircb movie club saga of saga uh which is 50 63 episodes long by the way i do not want to shy away from the fact that we did saga of saga which is an issue by issue breakdown of every single issue of saga just want to throw that out there giant days of our lives which is brian kate and kara going over every volume of giant days uh paul and i read grant morrison's doom patrol uh the movie mm. club we're about to hit episode eight which is going to be really really exciting we're doing an alan moore themed month we picked three alan moore comic book based movies that's what we're going to be talking about you got to go vote uh, but at five bucks or more a month you can get access to all that you can vote you can check schedule updates and yeah so moving forward so we had this ten dollar tier and the ten dollar tier was kind of ephemeral and it wasn't you get access to show notes and you got access to like voting on new things and it it wasn't really well utilized and so we're changing things up on the patreon to essentially we're, we're limiting the number of ten dollar tiers that you can have or that we have and uh for $10 a month, uh, as long as you say a $10 per month person, we will basically allow you to commission an episode of the show. We're going to do one a month, probably starting next year. And basically, the idea is if you, you, you we're hoping to get annual uh, subscriptions, but 12, 12 slots, uh, $10 a month. And if you're at that slot, you get to commission who's going to be on the episode and what the episode's going to be about. So we're encouraging everyone to go do that. Otherwise, all the other benefits that the $10 tier had are going to move down to the $5 tier. So you get access to the raw show notes for every episode for the most part. They, sometimes we don't have them and so on and so forth. But um, And as well as you get to vote on pa future Patreon series and uh, then plus all access to the, the series that are going to be only on Patreon, uh, schedule updates, and uh, early access to the top of my pile and uh, early access to episodes like everyone from the two dollar tier up uh, gets early access to episodes and they come out on Monday uh, and then the regular episode comes out on Wednesday. Um, we do special series like Candy Bar Antler Boy. Usually those go, go up a couple days early as well. Um, so uh, let's see. The other thing that we're off, we're changing things is uh, basically, yeah, I think we're, we're adding a new discord role. I mentioned at the top of the show uh, for folks that back at that ten dollar tier, you get access to the what's called the IRCB inner circle. You get a special role where you can basically uh, come chat with us about those special episodes and just be a part of this very limited group of people. So, um, yeah, just kind of changing things up to add a little bit more variety th to things. And uh, yeah, we the only last thing uh, that I'll say is $5 a month to me is a steal for everything that we offer. Like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but holy shit, there's so much stuff to listen to that we've produced in the last two years. It is mind boggling. Uh, and two, we don't know what our next Patreon series is going to be. Uh, I've been throwing out a bunch of ideas, Nick and Paul. I want to hear what your thoughts are, <laughs> if only because one of them is is one that I've been goofing around with in the back of my head of like, <laughs> um, I don't know anything about death metal from DC and I just want to go in okay. blind. 
um, and I just need someone to go with me on that on that ride. Um, or <laughs> are Nick and I are just going to read a short series of manga and just go through yeah. it at, at fucking breakneck speed, like 20 minute episodes max. And I'm talking me and Nick at 20 minutes max. You hear that? Yeah, I, I'm not you know, going to happen, but OK. <laughs> Chainsaw Man or again or BL Metamorphosis. We'll let who are the Patreon folks pick or just something else. Honestly, we're looking for ideas. If you have mm. any, um, send us our send it your way. Send us send it to us i guess um and the one other thing that i've been thinking about is what if we ran a small campaign of kieran gillen's die rpg and we recorded it and released it like an hour long increments or something and we just play it until it's done because his rpg is about to be finished and i'm right in that headspace of listening to die and uh i kind of want to play a game around that but anyways <laughs> paul nick what are your thoughts what are you what are you guys thinking i've been talking for 10 minutes sure look well look i've go ahead, I've been, go ahead. I was going to say, I spent six years trying to get anyone else on the show to read Love and Rockets. So I guess I'm going to need one of these Patreon supporters to finally force <laughs> okay. it to happen. Uh, I, listen, I read Love Bunglers a while ago. I, I just know, don't think we I had know. a chance to, to talk about it. Maybe we should just do a special mini-sode about that because I think that's, you know, it's there. <laughs> I, know, that, I read I, the one that was on the reading challenge this year. So we're... Oh, there you go. See? We're see. good, Paul. I, I'm forcing my... <laughs> slowly but surely, all going to finish it. No, I right. think... Um, I think what's... what's uh, What's great is that there's such a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, an embarrassment of riches of stuff to listen to that we've talked about. And we're really just scratching the surface. I mean, there's so many comics out there, obviously, but yeah, the strength of the show has been everyone, all of the contributors, uh, eclectic and unique styles or tastes mm-hmm. in comics. So being able to cross those streams to talk about someone who's not a big DC fan about DC stuff to get someone who doesn't read manga to read manga. Maybe not me, uh, but maybe, maybe Nick. I can see that the lines are already being drawn for all of these things. Like very yeah, clearly sure. we're demarcating where people like, what's a bridge too what's far? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think yeah. The crossing those streams, so to speak, um, would definitely be the most interesting and fun uh, path to go down. And that's when the best conversations happen. So, yeah. 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 So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to get on the love and rockets episode. Paul's going to end up on the manga episode and uh, we're yeah, just exactly. going to, yeah. Yeah. No, actually, it's going to be a uh, book versus book, but uh, Paul's going to pick a manga and and uh, Nick, you're going to pick a, uh, a love and rockets. Volume. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's I don't know. Again, I I just want to do again. I just want to do fun stuff. And, you know, that seems really bland and maybe maybe too vague. But like there's like you said, Paul, there's so many comics out there. There's so many opportunities for us to just have a lot of fun. And uh, I, I can't wait to do it. I, I think like we're probably going to wait through the rest of this year, try to figure out what we're going to do for the next big Patreon series. Giant Days of Our Lives was the big one this year. Saga of Saga was the one year before that. Um, we might try to do something small. Like I think maybe near the end of the year, we might do like a a quick one-off thing or something uh maybe force nick and i to get caught up on on uh uh, ice cream man or something or maybe we'll do a special edition of minisode for haha because that ties in but it's not part of the ice cream man series uh we'll see but nonetheless um like you know my just uh, go ahead so i just want to say real quick i really really enjoyed doing the doom patrol series i don't know how many people Mm. actually listened to it but it was something where i was rereading a book that i'd read i mean maybe you know half a dozen times already but I was rereading it to talk about on the show. I had would take extensive notes for each issue. Like it really <laughs> made me reread that series a different way. Uh-huh. And I think a really like a nice deep dive into something like that, even if it's something I'm already familiar with, you know, it was a, it was a rewarding experience. So hopefully everyone yeah. else, uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, check that out again. It's one of my very favorite comic book series. And again, 
we might need to revisit it now that the third season of the show is coming up. So I know. Well, yeah. this is all the more reason for us to do the fabled, uh, you know, uh, uh, either either Gerard Way Doom Patrol read or uh, yeah. that miniseries, the four issue miniseries about the guy uh, who I can't think of the name of who wears the loin Flanks Mentallo. Mentallo. Um So yeah. I mean, we could if we want to dig back into it or TV series review. Paul, do we oh, do a TV we'll series? Who, no. who knows? <laughs> but yeah, Maybe. so that's that's yeah. pretty much everything I had as far as announcements. I don't know any anything else you guys want to talk about really quick because otherwise, uh, we have a very special voicemail from from our good friend Danny that we can we can listen to let's hear it from danny let's uh, let's okay. do it let's dig in uh so our our friend danny uh he is from the uh danny's been a long time listener to the show and uh we love him to death he's also got his own podcast the next issue podcast and uh yeah he's very worried in the chat but i listened to a little <laughs> bit of this earlier and it's a very very nice voice so let's, i uh, hope the whole thing is just a whole plug for his own show <laughs> yes, that, would, yeah, that's that would make that I want that more than anything else, honestly. Like, <laughs> well, let's let's listen to this. Hopefully, I should be able to play this, and everybody should be able to hear it. So, let's try this. Hey, everyone at the I Read Comic Books podcast, Danny here. I just want to wish y'all a happy 300th episode. When I started listening back in, I don't know, maybe 2016, 17, uh, I found the podcast to be very different than a lot of stuff I've ever listened to when it comes to comics. I really liked that there were several combinations of hosts and there were so many people that were just really passionate and interested in talking about all aspects of comics, not just like, you know, what they're reading, what, what's going on, not just like, you know, superhero stuff, but like all kinds of stuff. And it's been so much fun to watch the podcast evolve and change and bring in people and you know as someone that listens to this pretty much every week and i love listening live i think that's one of the coolest features just because you get to really get to see how the you know how everything's made how the sausage is made and sometimes that's a little and it's it's a lot there's so much that doesn't get put out in the podcast because it happens in between like when you know when the hosts are taking a break yeah it's just a it's, it's a great community uh, I've enjoyed the times that I've gotten to go on the podcast. That's definitely been a lot of fun because, you know, like doing my own thing, like it's very different from what you guys do. So it's always really cool to step into different shoes. And hopefully one day in the future, we'll finally actually get to get together and hang out and meet, talk about all the comics that we love and all the stuff that we just kind of talk about on a regular basis, but we'll get to do it in person. So yeah, happy 300 episode. This is quite a milestone i mean like 300 is such a such a great great milestone i'm very happy looking forward to whatever this 300 episode looks like uh i'm still looking forward to way more things and just hearing back from everyone so many cool people through listening to the podcast and talking and hanging out and you know just i feel like i've just been introduced to a really great community so it's really nice to see that there's other people that are as enthused about comics as I am, and maybe even more sometimes. So that's always very cool. But we all kind of have our space and our niche, and like we know what, you know, as we get to know each other, understand what everyone's likes, dislikes, and things maybe we haven't even tried. I've read so many things that I would have never, you know, because of the podcast and recommendations from everyone. So yeah, uh, I hope you guys have a uh, great one and I, I think that this is going to be this is going to be one for the books i can't wait to listen live on on sunday take care everyone bye yay 
<laughs> oh man, thank you, Danny. That is man. that is so nice, man. Yeah. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, that was. Thank uh... you so much, Danny. <laughs> Listen, I, I am a hundred percent for people sending us voicemails like that. I, I, honestly, like this is this warms my heart, and it's so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. so Danny, thank you so much, man. I it genuinely means so much that you've continued to like listen to our show, and I I love doing the candy bar antler bar ser- candy bar antler boy series with you. I uh, can't wait to do the next one for season two. Like I'm super hyped, and yeah, thank you so much. And, and everybody, <laughs> Danny said he didn't plug his show. I'm gonna plug his show <laughs> for him. Next issue podcast, it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. Those guys go hard. I'll just say that they go hard <laughs> <laughs> into comics and stuff. So. Hmm. I don't know. Nick, Paul, go ahead. I, I've been talking over both of you. I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, really touched by Danny's words there. That does mean a lot to me. The idea of that. Uh, I always wanted the show when we started, once we figured out what we wanted it to be, to be a celebration of comics. And I think by doing that, we would, we would find a community of listeners. And I think we've done that and it's become a yeah. community of friends. And uh, you know, I, I think we do stand out. There's a lot of shitty comic book podcasts out there. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> we're, we're a good one. Uh, and I think that's because of the listenership and because of our, our commitment to uh, celebrating comics as an art form and making it as accessible as possible. So thank you, Danny. I'm yeah. glad <laughs> glad to hear that worked out. So yeah, thank I, you. I, I love that Paul had the, <laughs> the opportunity to really give a real like hedge your bets. Well, there's something for everyone sort of comment. And he just went <laughs> straight for the fucking neck and was just like yeah the, everyone else is trash and it's a wasteland and yeah, well, we're all glad yeah. you're here so yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> no uh i i i think no I, I think danny really hit the nail on the head um just it's it's a diverse group of people i think we do manage to hit on topics that um you're just not seeing in other places and that that means a lot to me because I, I think we've had discussions over the years about trying to appeal to the masses, about trying to broaden our horizons and bring in news articles and look some look like something akin to to, to bleeding cool in in some capacity. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we I mean those conversations were fleeting, but they still happened, and yeah. we 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 decided against it as as mike said earlier you know we we talked about that but then just decided to work with our our group our community and and danny is obviously a very valued member of that and i i you know it's it's great to hear from 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 listeners that uh they like sort of this big diversity that we offer and that it's encouraging them to sort of expand expand yeah. their horizons and and have new things to try um mm-hmm. yeah. and, and every once in a while i'll try new things too and that's about once every wow. other year and i've already <laughs> we're slowly chipping away at that <laughs> at that mountain yeah 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 i mean <laughs> I, you know I, I said my piece here but like <laughs> i <laughs> okay i this is crazy oh, a lot of the slots for our ten dollar tier are gone people have some wow. dedicated options they want to Thank you. This is amazing. Um, well, yeah, I guess I don't know. To wrap up this show, I, you know, we're we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna do a Q and A. I think after the credits, but uh, still, I, I'm really excited for what's gonna happen after 300, and I hope that everybody is on board for some really fun stuff. Looking forward to these commissioned episodes. This is gonna be amazing, and yeah, I think I think that pretty much wraps everything up. So. <laughs> 
shit. Next week's episode is going to be about witches in comics, the best, the worst, the weirdest with Kate and Kate. Uh, I think we're going to be recording at a different time. I think we're aiming for 3 p.m. next week just because of some scheduling stuff. So if you want to listen live, make sure you check in at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard. But yeah, we're going to be talking about witches. I'm going to be going hard into uh, all of Mega Hex. So get ready for some disgusting stuff. Yes. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> anyways, um, you guys can, uh, <laughs> people are uh, very excited for which episode. You can follow Paul on Twitter at OhHiPauly. You can follow Nick at Death Star Plans. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive series like IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and much more, which we talked about extensively already in this episode. You can do that by joining now at patreon.com slash Podcast. And if you haven't already, please take a minute to rate and review the show. I think five stars is a fair rating. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. It honestly does help the show and help us spread the word about IRCB. You can join the IRCB Discord community to check chat comics and more and listen to our episodes live as we record and it would help us a lot if you tell your friends or your local comic shop about the show infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music and they're going to continue to do all of our music they are amazing uh xander is a very cool guy who makes us sound very cool i can't wait to hear this interview thing that he's doing so uh everybody look forward to that as well on top of this episode uh and until next time I want to say thank you to everyone who's listening live, all eight or nine or ten of you. There was a bunch of people at one point. Uh, Thank you to Paul and Nick for doing this episode. Thank you to everyone out there who listens to our show and shares and uh, everyone who supports us on Patreon. You are all fantastic human beings and we would not be doing the show if it wasn't for all of you. Uh, So until next time, comics are good and so are you. Anything else? Anything you just want to go over? Any questions you have? Any thoughts? I'm along for the ride, Mike. You, uh, okay. Appreciate that. Paul, you are my uh, ride or die. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the Paul Walker to your Vin Diesel. So yeah. is that was that a thing? Were they were they were they yeah. both uh were they both uh, baby faces yeah. in that movie or was one the heel? I don't, I don't know. I well yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean, if you watch the series, I mean, like Vin Diesel does go from like good guy to heel back to good guy. Like it's oh, okay. uh, Paul. It does a heel turn. If you, okay. If so. you take the if you take the Fast and the Furious franchise <laughs> and you approach it with the mindset of it being like wrestling, I think you sure. might love it. I think you okay. might act because especially when The Rock shows up and John Cena shows up, Paul. This all makes no, that's sense. true. That's true. <laughs> If I could just fast forward through all the dumb car chases, then right, sure. right, right. The car chases are the car chases are the cage matches, right? Um, the Paul Jacey edit where it's twelve minutes. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So if so, Paul is the uh, Paul's the Paul Walker to my Vin Diesel. Nick, yes. you're the. Are you the Tyrese? Or I don't know where you fit. Are you the Ludacris? I don't. I don't, uh, I don't know enough. Anybody to else out there have make any thoughts? Sort of the- no idea. Nick is ludicrous. Okay, that's what Danny says. Okay, okay. sounds good. Uh, that, I mean, Dan, that does put you in a pretty cool spot. I think Danny gave you a nice compliment there because Ludicrous is probably one of the coolest guys in the series. And like, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not gonna try to cast the rest. I'm gonna leave that to the chat. Um, yeah. Let's chat can do the rest of the fan casting. But uh, yeah, so I let's, feel qualified. Uh, I played like 400 hours of Need for Speed Underground. So <laughs> Xander, Xander, Xander can relate. Uh, right. 2000 kids know what I'm talking about. I mean, I played Need for Speed 2 so much that that's how I knew every word to uh uh 
shit that one song it hot in here no uh god uh, the usher song i don't know there was an usher song that was like the the song for one of the need for speed games and i like my brother and i would just play that game and that was like the only song that would ever play or i think we left it on the main menu which just looped through that one you song. like or or, or 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 like you you filtered the ea tracks soundtrack so that it only played that song like ki- kids who played video games in the early 2000s know what we're talking about where like you played the ea games and they came with this soundtrack and like you loved like three of the songs right. and you hated the rest and people can either say they don't know what i'm talking about or what but like i i i have fond memories of um uh there was some story of the day songs on one of those games that i mm. just loved What's that, that Goldfinger song that just you put over oh, any from skateboarding Tony Hawk, video? Superman? Yeah, Superman. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Um, everybody. Yeah. Come <laughs> on. You. Everybody knows that. Anyways. All right. Let's <laughs> before we go down the nostalgia path even further, uh, th- maybe that'll be the new Patreon series. It'll just be like nostalgia fodder. And uh, we'll do 30 sure. minutes of us doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about turning the show just into a series of BuzzFeed listicles, but um, <laughs> yeah, kids, let's, let's talk about Tamagotchis for a 40 minute think piece. Exactly. Um, Love it. Love it. All right, let's do this thing. Let's take a couple seconds. We'll get into this. <laughs> 